0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast, a podcast committed to address valuable discussions around the inefficiencies of traditional corporate standards and how leaders and executives are navigating the post pandemic world to change the definition of leadership. This 2022 season is sponsored by City of Hope, one of the leading national cancer institutes in the United States. Now today, we'll be talking about inclusion from the perspective of students with disabilities. Our guest today is Iona Beckman. She's a senior at the University of Florida with a major in statistics and a minor in sociology. Iona has recently completed an internship with Heinz Brands, where she worked with the global supply chain team to examine consumer preferences. As you'll hear from Iona, she has vision impairment, and will be sharing life stories on how she's overcome the challenges associated with her impairment and how to include and support disabled students. Now, Iona will be also sharing her perspectives on inclusion disability, as well as strategies for teaching students with vision impairments. Now, before we get started, make sure to hit the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our social media and YouTube channel at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. The 2022 season of Personalization Outbreak Podcast is brought to you by City of Hope, a world leader in the research and treatment of cancer, diabetes, and other life-threatening diseases. City of Hope has been ranked among the nation's best hospitals in cancer by U.S. News and World Report for over a decade. Learn more about City of Hope at cityofhope.org. Welcome to the show, Iona.
1: Thank you, Glenn.
0: I'm so happy to have you with us, Iona. You know, just so our guests know, last year you were, um, you were a, a visitor who came to our summit in October of 2021, and I'll tell you, your insights inspired so many people, both live and and those that were online. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Iona.
1: Um, yeah, so. I I have a vision impairment, so at the summit, we talked a lot about um, education, and it got me to thinking about how, like, as a student, my vision impairment has gotten me to sort of find different solutions for myself.
0: Well, we're going to learn more about how you have, how you have valued your experiences in life, because we know how special you are, um, because you have a very unique way of thinking, and uh, we're going to talk about how we need to make sure that uh, that institutions recognize that, you know, people that have differences bring sources of strength. And it's people like you that whose an whose individuality we need to unleash because it's no longer about putting people in categories anymore. Iona. it's about viewing them as individuals and in all the capacity that they bring to whatever that challenge or opportunity is. So Yona, why has the most difficult lesson you've learned been about how you belong in the world?
1: Mainly because it took so long for me to figure out where I belong. It made me feel very different and very lost and very isolated um, when I was growing up, especially around middle school, because I think that's when everyone um, is sort of looking for a place. And For me, there was no one like me. I went through a lot of struggles and it was a very difficult time. So that's why it's sort of the hardest lesson I've had to learn, but also the most fulfilling because I think it has provided me a lot of strength that I don't think
0: I would have grew before. So, where do you think sources of strength come from, especially in your case, where as you mentioned earlier, you know, you were born with a vision impairment. How's that given you? strength and how has it shaped you?
1: Yeah. So in general, I think strengths come from our differences, from our challenges, because that's, that's what makes us different. And usually from challenges and mistakes, you you can't really go back in time. So you kind of have to learn from those. And through throughout, like you grow stronger and you gain certain capabilities. For me, I think there, there are a few strengths I have gain from it i was lucky enough to have a really good support system one of those being that um my mom enrolled me in extra extracurricular activities like karate gymnastics dance and in in karate my my first tournament i it ended in 10 seconds with me crying um but from that i continued and ended up being one of the best in the school and teaching karate classes which um And like from these accomplishments, I I grew my confidence and that helped me in other areas like my social life or my grades in
0: school. Well, it just started to make you realize that you became more connected with the person that you really were and that it would be different than others. But it would allow you to also discover things about yourself uh, that were influenced by the impairment that you had, and and so here's a question for you, uh, Iona, Why do you think people with differences, uh, especially those differences that they're not proud of, find themselves suppressing their truths rather than revealing them? Um,
1: I think that has a lot to do with society and how we feel a certain pressure to to fit in with certain groups or in, in certain norms and I think we're going to be kind of harsh on ourselves and very judgmental when um, a lot of the times we we aren't really being judged or if we are like it doesn't really matter. Um, Like if if we do something in public, like people will see it, but they're not going to remember it the next day.
0: Well, you know, is it fair to say that sometimes we suppress our truths because we feel that we don't matter?
1: Yeah. I think that's fair to say, um, because it's a, it's such a big world that it's it's hard to to feel like you matter and that what you do makes a difference. But that's what I think: finding yourself and but your values and your strengths. I think that's what makes you feel like you matter.
0: So, when did you finally start unleashing yourself, w- knowing that you've always mattered, but as you started to navigate? um it throughout your life and now that you're in college when did you when did you realize that it was time to uh, unleash yourself even more
1: yeah yeah that's the the like around the time when i started performing very well in uh in karate and then i started performing very well very well um in school and something that really helped me is my my mom took me to her office where i met with um, someone that was legally blind that that worked there, uh, his name was Ryan. And he, like, just seeing someone success, successful with my impairment kind of, and, and he kind of walked me through what he does. And he often jokes about it too, which I think really helped me because it helped me see it as something not that serious. Um, and I think it helps other people when they when they meet me. So I think it was after that, around high school, I started to get a, a good group of friends that made me feel a lot more comfortable with myself. And then in college, I think there really was a change because I was in—I went to a new place, like no one knew me. It was kind of a fresh start.
0: So Ioana, why do you think that societal norms make us feel that we must meet someone else's standards rather than our own?
1: I think there's a lot of pressure from societal norms. And um, I think we with our differences, we might feel a little bit weird um, and we're worried about how others perceive us and that like we want to fit in.
0: Have you ever considered that maybe others need to fit into you? Why is it that we always have to feel like we need to fit in to other people's expectation of ours?
1: I mean, I I definitely think others need need to fit into me or generally deal with disabilities. I know it's a common issue, um, like with accessibility for handicapped for wheelchairs. Like, I think things should be centered around those that may need a little bit more than those that don't.
0: Well, and look, in the end of the day, uh, no one's perfect. And I think this is why Uh, this balance of power that's taking place right now from doing what the institution tells you inside the box you're given to now moving to what's in the best interest of the individual is so important because, you know, I know that we've spoken offline around how there just seems to be too much of this one size fits all mentality when now we need to be more personalized to the unique needs of the individual. What would wisdom or insight can you impart upon to others with disabilities, Ioana, that maybe felt that they didn't belong or they didn't fit? What can you, what, what can you share with them?
1: I'm sure everyone with a disability has thought of this. That's why it took me like seeing someone else with a disability to feel like I can accomplish something. I would encourage others with disabilities to not try to hide it. I know I did. Like sometimes I wouldn't even wear my glasses because I would be scared of what everyone thought. I would say most of society doesn't think there's anything wrong with that, and I think a lot of people really want to help. And I I've seen that when I've been open to people. So, I think you have to kind of accept that you have a disability first, like accept it because it's not something you can change. So there's no point in thinking, "Oh, what if I didn't have this? All the things I could do." Thinking about like you have this, so what can you gain from it?
0: So, what when did you accept uh, your vision impairment, Iana?
1: um I would say I accepted it when I felt um, wanted. Sort of there were, I had an amazing homeroom teacher. Her name was Carla Bonnell. I still <laughs> think of her like every day. Um, but she created a very safe environment for me. She she was the one at school that I could always come and talk to. And I had an amazing disability advisor who would, um, her name is Debbie Darrow and she would, she, she was, she was very encouraging. Like I remember telling her, you know, um, I'm never going to be able to wear makeup. Uh, Like I can never, I can't see well and look at me today. I'm wearing makeup, (laughs) but that, And I also had my mom and my family who wouldn't treat me any different. Like my cousin would be like, come play soccer with me, come do this. So I think seeing that people cared about me and didn't see my disability, like didn't view me as my disability, helped me um, accept that I'm still a normal person.
0: (laughs) Of course you are. Of course you're a human being, just like all of us. And the truth is, I think part of what you have probably learned more than most people who don't have disabilities is how to deal with adversity. How have you dealt with it?
1: I have tried to see the best in it um, because it, like, it happens. We all go through challenges and obstacles and make mistakes. I've seen as I've went on the all the adversity I faced. I've I've dealt with it. Like the problems we thought were big. Years ago, we're not even thinking about now. Um, some, my mom would tell me this when I would be going through something, uh, and she was right. <laughs> but I try to think of that. It's like it might seem like a big deal right now, but we're going to move past it. And when we do, what can we gain from it? Uh, I think we should see everything as a lesson and l- try to learn from it um, because that's the only way we will like improve.
0: So well put, uh, Ioana. In fact, you know, you've know you mentioned uh, and referenced your mother several times. Uh, what's the message here for parents who are listening to this uh, conversation?
1: For parents, I think they should understand how big of a role they play in their kids' lives. And I've also analyzed this through my my sociology class. I took one on family and marriage, but in your kid's life, you are the most important thing that like, that's who they see. And that's what, what they will turn out to be. Not everyone can be like, you can't be perfect. You're not going to be a perfect parent, but you can try your best, which is what I think my mom did. Um, She like, she definitely made mistakes. And she like, when she had me, she didn't know how to deal with a disability, but she tried her best. And I, I think for anyone, as long as you try your best, that's all that matters.
0: Well, I'm sure your mom is very proud of you and how you're handling and conducting this interview. Um, so let's share with us the, a little bit of the the day in life of Iwana um, when meeting new people. What's that like for you? Um, Tell us the experience.
1: Meeting new people is definitely interesting, especially when I'm out like at a bar or a club. Um, and like I look, I don't take I take my cane out during the day, especially if I'm by myself. But at night, I can see pretty well, so I don't take my cane out. But I'm always—I'm not by myself. I usually am, am with people that can help me. But a lot of times, meeting new people, there they'll come, or even guys will like hit on me, and then later, if they find out, like I can not see, they like, I—they don't, don't really believe it. I've—I've I've heard that from a lot of people. Even once I've known for years, and now they're like, I think you're just joking around. Um, because i I have found ways to to deal with my disability so I can like, do the same things that it looks so so normal.
0: So you've learned to adapt.: mm-hmm. And why why do you think most people uh, don't well, do you think most people uh, find adapting easy to, easy for them to do? I mean, do you think people? Do you think people? Well, listen, you've lived a life of constant change and navigation, uh, based on circumstances. Uh, what do you tell those that, especially now, where people are evaluating their lives, evaluating their happiness, evaluating their jobs, they're evaluating everything about themselves. Uh, what what can you share with someone who's reevaluating what they are in search of?
1: Yeah. So, you you're like. What you're saying is completely right. I've gone through many changes in my life. So when when I'm thinking of making a new change, it becomes a lot easier for me. Like I've recently been applying to grad schools all over the country, which has been super easy for me. Um, But my boyfriend, on the other hand, applying for jobs over the country is so anxious. Like I can see him like affecting his everyday life because it, it I think that's because he hasn't made many changes in his life. So, mm-hmm. I I don't think you should let change hold you back. Um, I know a lot of people that don't want to leave home. They want to, or here in Florida, they don't want to leave Florida because it's what they're comfortable with. But just because you're comfortable with it doesn't mean you won't be comfortable with something else. Um, after a little bit of adapting, like it'll just take a few months, and then you might even be happier. Like, don't constrain yourself. To something.
0: No question about it. And and to kind of wrap this up, Ioana, um, specifically for school or even in the industry, uh, you've told me that you believe that we focus too much on mass producing one-size-fits-all methods. What type of world do you envision?
1: So um, a one-size-fits-all method is a lot easier and more efficient, especially for those having to implement it like teachers or, or um, those in the industry. Um, I, for, for me, it's a little bit less like there are some, I need a lot of accommodations basically. So it's kind of coming out of that one size fits all and kind of finding um, things to do for me. Um, like for example, uh, maybe providing me the PowerPoint before class, so I can follow along. But then I hear students saying like, oh, I wish I had this before class. I can follow along. Um, So I envision a world where we listen to those that we serve, that the teachers listen to their students or the CEOs listen to their employees, because that's like that's who it's for. And they know best what they need.
0: Well, it sounds to me like you're ready to to envision a world where we can find Uh, Where we can stop ruling by assimilation and start leading with inclusion and individuality, because this seems to be the only way that not only do people feel uh, a greater sense of belonging, but they can then feel safe to unleash themselves uh, so that we can all be better contributors, not only uh, to the present state of today's world and society, but to better prepare us all for the future. So, uh, Iona, do you you have any closing remarks? You've been such an inspiration and you were really courageous to join uh, this interview today. And I'm so grateful that you did. I think um, a lot of people will be be impacted by your words and uh, you certainly uh, serve as a role model for so many people. Uh, What would you like to share any closing comments or wisdom that uh, you think others can benefit from?
1: I will just share um, kind of what I choose to live by. And I know we've kind of mentioned this a few times, but um, it's so important. So I want to just state it out there. Um, sure. But everyone has differences and everyone goes through challenges, but we should, um, like those are going to happen regardless. So we should see what we can gain from those. And that's where our strengths come from. So just be yourself.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And as I always in the, in the show, when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't do what others won't and keep pushing. When prudence says quit. Iwana, thank you so much. You've been wonderful. Thank you, Glenn. You're so welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to personalization outbreak. Make sure to subscribe. So you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, Visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution. Learn more about City of Hope at cityofhope.org.